Hello, friends, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Flex to Post podcast. I am your host, Jason Lacey, and joined this week and every week, except in October, by Lucas Rose. We don't talk about those times. Dark we're times, dark, indeed. Dark times <laughs> in the history of the Flux to Pose. But never fear, because that is not this month. Or this is, what, Monday, March 16th, 2015, and we are recording episode 55, and on the docket today. Oh, I was man, informed. it's been a we while. Didn't, we didn't have enough docket last week, so. No. The docket is back, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> and everyone wishes it was gone again. Uh, we have, you know, what you play in the news, according to us, with our topics of glory, an overclocked remix selection, Netflixation, Why Stop Now, the independent comedy, and, you know, we'll finish it up with a little uh, community grab bag, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. does it matter, oh, Keanu, geez. yes it does, <laughs> and that's uh, <laughs> that's the show in a nutshell, I'm in a weird mood apparently, and uh, yeah. I like it, I like where this is headed. You say that now, but do not fear because we've got a long road and many detours and indiscretions to happen along the way. Excellent. This story has branching paths. <laughs> it's a choose-your-own-adventure. I like it. So, in uh, a reason that I will explain in the next segment, I was trying to... I recently made a purchase on my old Nook... Well, not on the Nook tablet, before the Nook tablet. And I'd left it charging. I'm like, oh, cool, because I... You know, that's what I read most of the time on. And sure enough, I go to pick it up and I'm like, well, that's interesting. It's not turning on. It's acting like the battery's dead. That's weird. I charged it. Mm -hmm. So I left it charging and then it it wouldn't turn on. And I'm like, well, that's weird. So I plug it in and charge it up and I'm going to turn it on and it still doesn't, it's not working. And then uh, it finally does come on and it, it said that the battery, the battery is too low please charge your unit and i was like oh okay so it's battery's too dead that's why it's on turning on so i leave it charging and i come back and i notice i walk in out of the room and i notice it's on the, the lock screen i'm like oh okay that's cool and i went downstairs i think i was playing a computer game or something and uh i come back up to the room i notice oh it's still on the lock screen and i go to pick it up and i'm like oh it's frozen there hmm. so I, I force shut it down and it doesn't turn on doesn't turn on doesn't turn on i've looked everywhere on the internet and everyone Everyone, it says, oh, just hold the power button down for 20 seconds, and then it'll force it to, you know, go into stand, like, force shut down, and then you can turn it back on. Mine doesn't do that. Only way you can get to turn on is if you have it plugged into the an outlet, and then it'll randomly just turn itself on. And sometimes it'll make it to the actual home screen. Other times it'll freeze during the boot menu. So I finally did get it to the home menu. I'm like, okay, I'm going to try to do a factory reset. And I'm scrolling through the menus, and it freezes. Jeez. And process repeats. So I had to keep doing that. So it's basically uh, paperweight. It's basically bricked. It's like uh, I've had it since before I got married, so it's well past the warranty. But it's just frustrating because um, I, I used to watch it on Netflix, but now that I have a bigger phone, that's not a huge deal. So I'm just, you know, it sucks that I don't have any. That's how I had all my my library was on the Nook in the Barnes & Noble ecosystem. So it, it's not like I can switch over to Kindle or something like that. I don't really want to pay for a device, so. Um, I kept messing with it, and today I actually was able to get a factory reset done on it, rebooted. I was like, oh, sweet. I got back into there. Everything was fine. It started doing the setup. I'm like, sweet. I think I fixed it. I'm going through doing the setup, and it freezes again during the setup. Wow. So it's officially shot. I talked to like a customer. I chatted with a uh, customer service rep, 
And after I told him everything, then he's like, well, you're basically going to have to call our support no, support line. Like, I'm not going to trade an in for a new one. I mean, if they could fix it, repair it, like, reasonably cheap, I would do that. So um, to make a long story short, I found my original Nook, my Generation 1 Nook that I have. That's I've had now, oh, man, probably, uh, I'm going to say five, six years Mm-hmm. And uh, it took like an hour of it for charging just to turn on. But yep, that one still works. Works fine. I was going so. to say, it seems like a Nook wouldn't really have anything for it to go wrong there. It just, you know, seems yeah, very simple. Something, something's flaky, like screwed up with either how the battery powers the system or, well, that's the thing. It says it's 100% uh, battery. So clearly just something in the system is screwed up now and it just wants to freeze. I don't know. So. Nice. Uh, I can still read what I had purchased on this old <clears throat> Nook. That's the moral of the story. So Nook tablet, bit the dust. What's the moral of the story? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't really have a moral. I guess it would be to like use it regularly because I think that's probably what happened. I hadn't used it in a while and it was just in standby mode. Yeah, so I'm sure that probably cause part of the problem so if you're not going to use something if you're not going to use something for a long period of time like shut it off i guess let it go letting it go dead and then never touching it again for six months and then pick it back up and be yet yet for the old nook that wasn't a problem so (laughs) i don't know so that is my technology tale of the week yeah basically words to 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 heed (laughs) <laughs> something like that i guess I don't <laughs> oh terrible so should we just roll right along into a little what you plan steam roll it in yeah yes let's okay. do that all right so as you can see i've picked up on your uh your story from last week and i didn't really i didn't really play a whole lot i mean yeah there were some i played some games that i've talked about numerous times here and there for a little bit but that's you know Nothing worth saying, so I did get a chance to play a little more Guild Wars 2, and I can safely say, um, well, I don't really remember Guild Wars so much, so I can't really say how like similar this one is to it, but it's just very different than any other MMO I've played, and I still don't really feel like I know really what I'm doing so much, <laughs> so much yet, but I mean, I guess I'm having fun. I mean, I've had, I think I'm like level 11. I haven't really played in like many groups or anything like that, so maybe when I do like a first dungeon type thing. Uh, I'll have some more to say about it, but I mean, it's fun. If for 10 okay. bucks, it was, it was worth it. You know? Sure. Uh, and then uh, movies. Yeah. So Jess and I watched uh, the film, a uh, movie called blue Jasmine. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't, I haven't talked about this before, right? No, I don't think okay. so. You were telling me a little bit about it. Okay, but... It's it's hard for me to remember because I, I did the That's Entertaining podcast way too early Saturday morning. I, I talked about these, so I couldn't remember if, if it's – did I talk about them on this podcast or that one? <laughs> okay, So uh, Blue Jasmine was a movie I think from 2013. Uh, Kate Blanchett actually won uh, Best Actress for her role. Um, hmm. She plays uh, Jasmine – I can't think of her last name, but uh, – she had her and her husband Alec Baldwin were very wealthy, very well to do, and then uh, he goes to jail, and they're indicted, and all their money goes away, and she's forced to live with her sister, and it's a black comedy uh, directed by Woody Allen, so that should really tell you the uh, wait. Alec the Baldwin's style. not black. 
<laughs> oh boy! So God, I'm sorry I, for that. It, I mean, it it definitely wasn't funny, but I mean, it was, it was a good movie. It definitely ends on a depressing note, but uh, it was good. It was she had a very good role for her. Uh, I finally watched Neighbors. Yes, on the old HBO Go. Um, Jess had thought it looked funny. I could tell by the end of it she wasn't that <laughs> wasn't that into it. Little little too raunchy for her taste, I Aww. think. But, you know, as any Seth Rogen movie, he has to smoke pot at some point and get naked a lot, too. Yes, too, that's apparently. true. At least they put it in some context in this yeah. one. I actually, I, I, we went and saw this in theaters, and I, I enjoyed it. And thankfully, like, those types of things had some context to them as opposed to it just happening because Seth Rogen and James Franco isn't in yeah. it, if I remember correctly. So thank yeah. God His for brother that. was, though. <laughs> yes, that is true. What I've learned is when you have a baby, you can basically just do whatever you want, get drunk, leave the baby at home. As long as you have the baby monitor with you, you're good. Oh, so, yeah. And those any, things, you know, don't ever malfunction. No. <laughs> any new parents, that's what you can look forward to. I, I still do think my favorite part, though, is what you see in the preview when they're having the uh, Robert De Niro party and the, the one Franco is dressed up as him from Meet the, Meet the Parents <laughs> with the cat. It just this facial expression. He just nailed the facial expression of De Niro and that. <laughs> you really messed up, fucker. Uh, love it. Uh, and then uh, we watched The Forgotten, um, something I had seen years ago, Julianne Moore, where she has a son that had died in a plane crash. And then all of a sudden, one day, everyone tells her that she didn't have a son. She doesn't know what she's talking about. Every memory, every instance of her son is gone. Like, photo albums are blank. And it's mm. the process for her unraveling that mystery, which is actually very uh, sci-fi and uh, a little bit over the top. <laughs> the the premise gets a little, little extreme and unbelievable. Ridiculous. But I mean, that's what movies are. I still like it. Just enjoyed it. So, and uh, we just actually finished it up before the show. It's a documentary called Cropsy, and you might see this popping up on your Netflix. And that's how we had started to watch it. It is about. Um, it starts off talking about, I guess, an urban urban legend in the Long Island, New York, Stanton Island, New York area, and Cropsy was like this. Uh, deranged uh, formal mental patient that lived under the tunnels underneath this uh i can't think of the it was a former institution it was closed down i want to say mill not millberry i can't think of the name i'd have to look at the name of it but and he takes kidnaps children when they're out and about at night and um in the eight, I believe it was in the eighties. All of a sudden, like children started disappearing, and there was like a seven-year-old girl with uh, Down syndrome that was disappeared, and then they eventually found her body um, buried in the the grounds of this asylum. And uh, they, you know, they arrested this guy that actually he used to be a orderly there, and uh, he was like camping in the woods around there, and so they. They, they get him on that murder, and then there was another uh, girl that was um, disappeared, and then they, they assumed murder, never found her remains, and he was actually convicted of that um, murder as well. And I think that was like in 2004. Um, just really kind of creepy, chilling. It was, turns out there was like five or six kids that were killed. Uh, the one happened to be like 21 or 22, but he had like the mental capacity of like a 14 or 15-year-old. Um, and in most of these cases, the children were, they had some disorder, something like that. But I mean, it's just, it's just creepy hearing about this guy and like, um, like they never recovered any of the, you know, the remains of these kids. And like this, this whole, like, I guess in the, when this place still functioned, 
um, Geraldo of all people actually went in there and um, they were show this footage of like the conditions there. And it was just atrocious that the kid, these kids were in there. I mean, they didn't have clothes, half of them didn't have clothes on. They're just laying there. I mean, it was, it was, some of the stuff is really hard to watch, but I mean, it, it's just, it's a crazy that, you know, just like 20, 30 years ago, that's how we treated, you know, the mentally ill in some cases. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's, it was, it was good. I mean, a couple of times I was joking like, oh man, it looks like it's going to go Blair Rich, Blair Witch on us because they're like exploring some of these, <laughs> in the woods. these abandoned buildings at, at night and the way the camera was, but it was really, it's, it's worth a watch. I mean, I'm glad it popped up on there because it was, it was really interesting about, I mean, this guy's. I can't think of his name now. He's he's definitely a creeper. And uh, yeah, finally, because of the whole Nook, I was trying to read Tarkin, the Star Wars book I had purchased. Yes. So I did finally, with the old Nook, I've, I've gotten that going and I got a couple of chapters in. And it's uh, pretty good so far. So that is my thingy, my job. What you playing? That's what I did. That's what you're doing? Yeah. Andre Rand is the name of that yes, awful person. Yes, that is him. What does it say uh, what the facility was? Uh, Willowbrook mental okay, so institution. I was close. Yeah, Willowbrook, creepy. It's, it's always something like that, right? Willow. It, I bet if you compare the names, knows. yeah, I was gonna say if you compare the names of mental institutions to the name uh, names of apartment complexes, they would probably be pretty similar. They're always like Brooks or Meadows or or whatever. Oh, wow. Ridges. That's like that's like the first thing that pops up if you type Willowbrook is so the the documentary Willowbrook, the last great disgrace. 28-minute documentary made in 72 by executive producer Albert T. Primo and correspondent Geraldo Rivera. Uh, well, on that depressing note, let me get into my what you play in, shall I? Yes. Shall yes, yes, yes. I? Well, I pretty much had a replay of of last week where I didn't play many games. I didn't even really play Dragon Age 2. I just kind of skipped around like you were talking about. We played a little bit yeah. of Osinots, but you guys have heard enough of that. Um, but I did have a chance to watch a movie that I, I wanted to see it when it came out in theaters, but I just I ended up waiting until DVD and uh, the movie's Nightcrawler. And I'm glad I watched oh, it because okay, yeah. it was it was pretty good. It's about a guy who um, he's a little he's a little bit odd. He kind of strikes you. He's nice, but almost in that kind of creeper sort of child molester kind of way. Uh, he, <laughs> I can't, it's the best way I can describe it. He, he, he always like when he smiles, you feel like he's, you know, stealing something from you or something as he's looking you in the face. It's hard to explain. Um, but that's uh Jake Gyllenhaal or Gyllenhaal or however you say his name um, plays this guy. I can't remember his, what the guy's name was. And, uh, Basically, he's he's this guy who never really had much of a formal education or anything like that. And he's just trying to make it through through uh, life um, by, at the time, stealing scrap metal, actually, and selling it to to um, scrap metal places like uh, manhole covers and fencing and stuff like that. So stuff that isn't really scrap metal, but can be sold that way to, to make ends meet. And um, he's driving home from from dumping that off and he sees a car accident and he stops and checks it out. I don't know if he was trying to make sure people were okay or what, cause he's, he's a weirdo. So he might've just been stopping to watch. But uh, when he walks up hmm. to the car accident, they hadn't um, the police, there were only two police there and they hadn't set up a, a perimeter or anything. So he's able to get like right up in there 
and um, these people come by with uh, cameras. It's actually Bill Paxton is playing one of the guys, and uh, okay. he he sees that they they're filming the the accident for the news, and then they sell it to the news so that they have B roll to play over um over the air in the morning for the morning news. And uh, he gets a little information from this guy and asks him if he's hiring. And the guy's like, no. Uh, so he decides he's going to, he's going to do it himself. So he steals someone else's bike, pawns it off and, and gets the money for a crappy camera. And basically off he goes and he happens to get good footage. And it's because he's willing to break the, the rules of human niceties, I guess what you would consider to be crossing the line. For instance, he enters the house of someone whose um, neighbor got shot and stuff like that because the bullets had went into their house. Well, he just wanders in there because the police aren't around and it's a crime scene. So he's not allowed in there. Just stuff Mm. like that. And he moves bodies. He moves dead bodies before there's people there so that he can get a better shot or something more significant. So he, he starts to get relationships with the people at the news crew and kind of, leverages the stuff that he gets against them because they're a failing news company. I really, I really liked it. It had kind of that, um, if you've ever seen drive, it had kind of that night mystique about it. And, um, I only, I had one issue with it though, but I'm giving it a pass because everyone is basically a crappy person in this. So in that, if you, if you keep that in mind, then some of the dialogue is okay, but he does, use his wit to kind of gain leverage on the the person who he 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 um gives the footage over to and in the back of my mind I'm like I kind of feel like this doesn't really make any sense like any no, any person in their right mind wouldn't work with this guy cuz you'd get a bad feeling about him but she never seems to have that problem so in my mind I'm thinking why would you ever have worked with this person in the first place but if you if you leave that alone and just watch it it's good. It's good stuff. It, there's some really creepy, almost chilling parts about it that I don't want to spoil for anyone. But I do recommend, if you liked Blue Ruin, you'd probably like this. Um, one of the Netflixations we did last year. Hmm, okay. Um, and then I watched Gone Girl, which I heard from a lot of my film friends that it was really good. I have to see it. It's a two and a half hour movie. So I wasn't looking forward to that. And uh, it started off a little bit slow for me. It's uh, got Ben Affleck and um, gosh, I can't remember what her name is. But once it got kind of past that half hour mark, I was much more into it. I mean, it wasn't horrible in the beginning, but I I didn't really see what all the fuss was about. And then it got much better as it went <laughs> on. So I really enjoyed that. And I would recommend that movie as well if you have two and a half hours to to set aside for it. But it's worth it. It was it's one of those few movies where I didn't feel like they they wasted time and could have made it shorter. Every every minute was worth watching. So um, well, good. And then on the on the um, on the books side of uh, of the equation, I finally I've started this book about a thousand times. I feel like it never really got past the first few chapters. Um, I'm finally starting to reread game of thrones the first book oh, a no. game of thrones the long I know. journey begins i know right and uh i think you know for spoiler but not really since if you were going to read this you would have read it by now um 
just uh, just know that uh, if you haven't read it by now, at least this book, then you're probably like me and shouldn't be mad if somebody spoiled it for you. But uh, I'm at the point or I've always got up to the point where Bran falls out of the window. So not even really that far. And then for some reason, I would just lose interest or didn't go back to it. But now I've already gotten up to that point and I'm, I'm about to get past that point. But I've watched all of the series already. So oh, congratulations, you made it to like 20 <laughs> minutes through the first episode. Yeah, exactly. So I'm just looking forward to kind of filling in the gaps with with um what I've already seen and, you know, fleshing out the stuff that wasn't shown in the in the show. And um it's almost easier to read um, when you kind of have some idea of who these characters are. There's a lot of names and stuff thrown around that now I have faces to. So I can, you know, I just think of them as, oh, whoever from the show or whatever. Uh, whatever whatever actor or actress from the show. Um, and then, you know that I've been on the hunt for this for a little while. Uh, Marvel Star Wars, which mm-hmm. apparently is really taking off if their first um, first uh, issue is in their fourth run or whatever. So I was able to pick up episode or issues one through three and uh, the first issue of Leia as well, Princess Leia. So I haven't read them yet, but uh, know that, that I have them. And anything that I have to say, I'll probably say to you on the holocron com <laughs> did you uh did you get vader at all too or i'm look. i'm gonna i'm gonna pick up vader later vader okay. later <laughs> i i i already had i knew i wanted to get those first three episodes or uh, issues so if if i was only picking up like one or two issues of just star wars i probably would have picked up darth vader too but um let's just say i didn't want to spend all my money yeah all at once i will say like vader ugh, i i've read issues one and two now i finally got issue one in print today issue two is not available because it's pretty much sold out in most places and the next printing isn't coming until april 1st and then i think issue three is coming this month so i'm i'm pretty sure i saw issue two at goldmine comics so that's when what we i'm go. hoping that's what i'm hoping so on thursday <laughs> So that's that's a, a comic book shop near my house. So I had I'd only been there one other time for no particular reason just to check it out. So it's like, you know what? I know most of these are out, but I'm going to go check it and see if they have it. And sure enough, they did. Yeah, so. hopefully since it's, you know, probably not as popular shop as like the one I go to that's downtown. You well, know, it doesn't get hit its up location as much. isn't really all that great. You have to kind of drive out of your way to get, I mean, or not. Is it, is it as scary a location as that one we went to in no, Wyoming? No, not, not as, not nearly as bad. <laughs> it's next to a nail, nail salon or something like oh, that. Perfect. So get my nails did. There you go. Get some jam berries or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. Moving along to the news. According to us. Yes. So let's pick and choose here. We didn't do any of the news last week, and uh, so I'm kind of cherry picking from that. And with what we got this week, um, so you'll you'll probably say, "Man, this is old stuff." Well, that's why. Uh, starting off, that's kind of relevant. Unreal Tournament update adds first high res texture map. So mm-hmm. people are now, you know, have, what is it? Uh, Unreal Engine. It's free, so people can now, you know, mod stuff easily. And, uh, yes. yeah, so people are remodding 
you know, Unreal Tournament maps, which is, you know, that the alpha version is out that you can actually play the new Unreal version of Unreal Tournament. So I encourage you to, to do that. You just got to sign I up. I have. I have it, actually. Have you, have you played it yet? I haven't played it at all yet. I haven't played it, played it, like, competitively, but I walked around the map and stuff, and it runs pretty good. It it has kind of that um, kind of feel that you get from, like, Rage or um, what's that? Oh, okay. What's the game that came out more recently that uses the same engine? Oh, Wolfenstein. It's Wolfenstein. Gosh, I'm an idiot. New Order. Where, uh, I don't know, it just feels like the the po- the textures are popping in at the edges of the screen sometimes if I spin around too quickly. Oh, I expect that in this since it's so, you know, early yeah. build. Don't I think worry. It, says, it says pre-alpha even. Don't I worry, think. there's a hat store. Oh, of course. You can make, you can mod your own hats in, in, into <laughs> and the game. This will be a free-to-play shooter. And, you know, I haven't played it. I don't really think I've played an Unreal Tournament since, like, what, 20... the uh, the 2004 version that we used to play at lands all the time. I think it was 2004, wasn't it? When they when they introduced vehicles, I feel yeah. like we were all yeah, like that man, one. With this. Oh, we played it a lot though. It was so fun, but man, that's that's kind of revisiting the past. So that's cool that it's free and people can you know add things to the game. And I'm looking forward to keeping an eye on its development as we go. Plus, it looks good. Yeah, it looks looks the, cool. So the lighting is very nice. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Very topical joke there. Uh, yeah. So there was this really fun uh, and popular 2D side scroller on the Wii U called and PC called Shovel Knight. You may have heard of it. Now it's coming to you know Xbox One and PS4. Uh, it's getting a free expansion called Plague of Shadows, where you play Ooh. as Plague Knight. So Ooh. I still need to finish Shovel Knight. Um, it's kind of like it goes as well as me us playing Mega Man Three sometimes. So I only can do it in short bursts, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and you throw the controller God, exactly so uh, it's called Plague of Shadows it'll bring new objectives, bosses, new routes through levels, new feats uh, looks like quarter two uh, 2015 so sometime this spring you know and it's not just a reskin it adds you know new story and everything and Plague Knight has a different skill set than Shovel Knight so it'll be interesting to uh, experience very good very good I love free things so I do too, especially um, when it's free things for things I've already bought. <laughs> right? And going along with our games and things being released and free, uh, Valve recently, well, earlier in the month, released Source 2, the Source 2 engine for free for developers. Um, hmm. I think, was that during GDC, I think, that was announced? I can't remember, but uh, yeah. that's cool that it's going to, you know give developers you know another tool set to work with i mean i'd really like to see some more fucking half-life but no kidding at this point somebody could go and make their own half-life just i just i just don't i don't i don't understand like i don't know i I just don't i don't get it because you know you look back and how they they were going to make this push that half-life was like one of the first half-life 2 was like one of the first episodic games you know you had episode one Mm-hmm. And then, like, what, a year later, <laughs> episode two, and then it was just like, well, and it ended on a cliffhanger. Yeah, so you knew they were going to... Right. Isn't that what happened? Eli, Eli gets killed, mm-hmm. and then those things stole Alex, and that was like... Yeah. That, I think that's how it ends. Sorry if I spoiled it for you, but you haven't played this game. Well, it's how many years old now? Uh, I moved to the apartment in Rockford, so I w- it's like... Almost 10 years ago, so I don't feel pity for you. <laughs> Come at me, bro. Come at me. Oh, damn. Throwing down the gauntlet. 
I'll give you my email address. We can chat. Um, yeah. Uh, back on topic, Source 2. Um, I don't know a whole lot about Source or Source 2, so I can't like give you in-depth commentary on it, but I would expect good things to stem from this. Yeah, well, I don't really see any example of what it looks like, even. You know what I mean? Like they, they, their screenshot for this new news article is a picture of Half Life Two. <laughs> That's so, all I got on the whole Half Life Two. Yeah, yeah. Like I haven't seen anything made with Source Two, so I guess I'm curious to see what it even is. That what um like Counter Strike Go is built on? I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to say anything that just is wrong because I don't know. So if I don't know, I'm not going to say it. And uh, you've heard me talk about a little game called Gigantic before. Um, Much anticipated. And you might have heard, I know other people that have access to Gigantic and they're they're not checking it out. So shame on you. (laughs) Uh, It was announced uh, during PAX that... uh, I don't remember. If we, we don't think we really got into this with when Mike was on. We, we just talked about the game, but it was announced during PAX that it's going to be uh, you're going to need Windows 10 to play it because it's going to have cross playability with Xbox One. No, I think we did talk about did it a little bit. That? I think you brought it up actually. Okay, that's that's what I get from pulling the card across, pulling out old news articles. So I'm just going to say assume that we did talk about it. So shame on yes. me. So I'm going to mention that uh, game you've also heard me talk about a lot. Hawken is back from the dead. Yes. So I've speculated, and you've heard me talk about how you know there's dev silence since July of last year, and we just figured that a buyout was happening, something was going on. We figured something legal was happening. So uh, all of a sudden, on I think like Saturday, all of a sudden there were posts on Facebook from the from Hawkins Facebook and their Twitter account, which have been dormant for almost a year. And it was first, it was like really cryptic. It was like an in. In came like oh uh, what was it like um, windshields damaged limping back to the base hoping for repairs da 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 it was really you know just generic like that and then there's mm-hmm. another like coming soon message and then all of a sudden we had this message that said um, pretty excited to now be able to announce that Reloaded Games is the new owner of Hawken this is the game's new producer Joshua Cap and Josh Clausen um, so uh, Reloaded Games. You might have heard Lucas talk about this time when he talked me into buying this game called APV, <laughs> and we thought it was going to be so great. And then after like two weeks, the company that started at Real Time Real Time Worlds went bankrupt, and they had to close the game down because it yep. was so bad. Well, Reloaded just took it over, uh, brought it back to life, and relaunched, it, and it was called APB Reloaded. And it's you know it's still running, but a lot of people you'll also talk about how horribly microtransaction and pay to win it is as well. And I guess that's a uh, a publisher that's also involved called Gamers First. So that's that's the negative side here. We've got the same kind of company involved, but uh, the too long didn't read versions. I guess basically the development of Hawking, the company, I don't know if it's Adhesive, who was the uh, publisher, or was it Adhesive? Or, yeah, no, excuse me. Adhesive was the uh, developer, and then there was Meteor was the publisher, and I don't know which who had, went out first. I think Adhesive was the problem, but uh, they basically went bankrupt, and then there was another purchase uh, that tried to take place that that failed, and then um, the IP basically went to a debt collector, debt management company, and then uh, eventually it was bought by uh, Reloaded, and that's they finally you know everything finally got finalized with that with them owning the IP, so I think that's why they could finally comment on it. Um, 
So it looks like he's got, you know, uh, looks like first they're going to get the password reset function reestablished. They're going to get forums going back up and then, (laughs) uh, you know, get work on like deployment bugs, tool bugs, more back end issues. So it looks like there's going to be a lot of cleanup first. So I would think it's probably going to take at least six months before you actually get them to start planning new updates and changes to the game. So a lot of time is just going to be spent, you know, fixing on the back end. So. I actually hopped on before the podcast. I wanted to see, oh, maybe there's been an influx of players, and I only had three servers to choose from. Oh, so wow. That was kind of disappointed, but and kind of a low point, too. I guess usually I've seen more options than that, but I've always loved this game, so I'm just happy to, that it can just keep running. And, do, you, um, do you think it might be too little too late, though, for the community at this you point? You know, I don't think so, because it's there's been a real positive response okay. that I've seen on Facebook, Twitter, and like Reddit's been the most active way to like check it out. And oddly enough, I was just, you know, uh, perusing that before the show. And, uh, that same guy I mentioned, Captain Josh, he had a post, um, right there on their Hawkeye forums update and a request for comment. So they want community input on, uh, deciding what type of forum to go with, uh, using discourse or vanilla or IPB, you know, mm-hmm. so they're looking for community input to shape that. I mean, he's been, I guess he had a, he was live streaming Hawken the other night. And then some people of the community invited him on the public team speak that there, there's a Hawken unofficial public team speak. And he joined that and they had like a five hour AMA with him just uh, talking about the plans for the game and everything. So I, at this point, you know, I know they're building excitement. I mean, it's just going to be. What happens? I mean, I've seen posts with a lot of returning players coming back, this and that, and I don't know. It's exciting. It's gotten me to like look in the game. It's just it's nice that if it, I, if you Google Hawking, you actually get relevant results. Yeah, because yeah. instead of stuff from two, like last year or two years things ago. have actually been posted about it. So yeah, so that's the, that's nice that we're finally just getting answers on it. So I'm looking forward to keep playing it. I mean, it's still fun. So nice. It is what it is. I always liked it. Uh. Yeah, now since I've rambled about that much longer than expected. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> uh, HBO Now, uh, that was announced. We didn't get a chance to talk about it. It's going to be a, a streaming service for the web and iOS because apparently it's Apple exclusive for now mm. for $14.99. So, so that's kind of disappointing because originally I thought, oh, HBO Now, maybe that's something you and you and Danette would look into since you know you want to you know, watch Game of Thrones. Maybe there's some of the other shows you'd be yeah, interested in. Yeah, the movies. You, yeah, but you have to have either an Apple TV or you know you have to stream it on. Yeah, I guess that'd be your only well, really option. I have the Apple laptop, but I don't want to have to haul yeah. that thing out just to and hook it up to yeah. the or to the TV. So that's the only downside. But I mean, I don't know. I I, I can't. It doesn't make a big difference to me because I'm an H, I, I'm an HBO subscriber. So this doesn't. Uh, doesn't make doesn't too much. Yeah, it doesn't me. matter to you. But I mean, well, let's see here. Hold on here. This article says Apple's ninety-day digital exclusive deals. What does that mean? Let's see. Oh, so you think maybe it's the first thirty days? It's only available on Apple yeah. devices. Let's see. As tweeted earlier, the situation puts Apple on the side where cable companies have been for so long. Looking out, a certain segment of willing to pay customers. It's not a problem if you already enjoy your Apple TV, iPad, or iPhone, but what if you prefer something else? Oddly, the best hope for avoiding that 90-day wait could come from your cable company. 
HBO says it's in discussions with some cable, satellite, and telephone providers that could sell access to HBO Now at launch, but nothing is set so far. So it looks like it's, I guess, timed exclusivity, maybe? I don't know. I don't know. It's cool that it's finally happening, though, because it's talked about. I I, I would just thought it would be very similar to, like, HBO Go, and I guess that's not the case. It's not going to be like HBO Go. It's going to be like it, it'll stream the, the content. Like, it, you know, you won't have access to just every show, I don't think. I think it'll you'll have a couple, like, channels, quote-unquote, to choose from, and they'll have different programs airing. Uh. I don't know, though. I'm kind of paraphrasing from different shows I've heard, and... I mean, since this is a couple weeks back, I haven't focused too much yeah, on it. Yeah, I want to look into that because I don't. I wouldn't pay fifteen dollars for that. Give me on demand, I say. <laughs> I, I demand on demand. Uh, <laughs> right. Uh, Tron three rumored to be shooting in Vancouver. Uh, that would be this uh, this fall, possibly. So I, I knew, knew there were rumors of another Tron film and. I like Tron Legacy still. I don't know how people did, but I thought it was sweet. I just like Tron. Yeah, I liked it enough. I mean, the it grid. wasn't. It, it was fairly um, straightforward, but Tron has always been about the look and the atmosphere of the exactly the film. And I love me some Daft Punk. So, looks like uh, Garrett Hedlund is going to reprise his role as Sam Flynn. Uh, looks like she's not listed, but it's hard to imagine the story continuing from where it left out without Olivia Wilde. Also, returning. Um, let's see. That's about it right now. Just kind of early, early news. So, now, I might have to watch Tron Legacy again since I have it in 3D. Just, <gasps> the grid. Just visually, a really <laughs> good experience. And yes, the grid. You don't go down easily, do you? Oh, wait, that's a different movie. <laughs> I am. I'm going to save that last piece of movie news for last. Jumping over into Ooh. the world of comics. Yes. So Mar- Marvel has a Secret Wars event coming up. And it's going to mishmash like, a bunch of uh, comic worlds together and involve just like the, the, sec- the original Secret Wars did. And one of these runs that's going to take place leading up to it is a comic version of the 1992 X-Men. Oh, snap. The TV show X-Men, to be specific. Oh, snap. My my uh, biggest X-Men experience really was with the TV. Wasn't much of a comic reader at the time, so the TV oh, no, show was I, always... I wasn't either, so I think that I think that was that was huge, you know, because they had the I remember they had the Pizza Hut promotion. I'm sure I've talked about this on here before, but they had the Pizza Hut promotion and you could actually get like the first couple episodes on VHS and I I had I don't know if I still have them somewhere. Maybe back in my mom somewhere, but I had those. So um, nice. Like, like you said, their editor in chief, Axel Alonso. For many of us, animated series based on Marvel characters with the exciting, their exciting and accessible stories provided a fresh new entry point for a new generation of Marvel fans. Now, through the magic of our digital only, infinite comic format, the new Secret Wars digital exclusive X Men '92 series will recapture the unique energy of the animated storytelling and continue to grow the legion of Marvel fans. So similar to what you said. I mean, that was your kind of your entry point. Oh hell yeah! So it's gonna it's gonna start off being um, digital I- exclusive, but then the uh, it will come to print. Um, be available digital in May, in print in June. Both issues will be three ninety nine. Uh, looks like Scott Cublish will be providing art and co writing, and will uh, he'll be providing the art and co writing duties will be shared by Chad Bowers and Chris Sims. 
Hmm. Uh, looks like both big fans, like Chris Sims, example. So I was 10 years old in 92, and that's when he got into X-Men. So uh, here's your solicit. Uh, everyone's favorite version of the X-Men from the 90s is back. When Baron Kelly charges the Clear Mountain Project and its mysterious new director with mutant rehabilitation, it's up to the X-Men to investigate. Plus, free-range Sentinels? Question mark. Mm. But like, you look at the artwork, and it's like the X-Men, just how you remember from the show, you know. Well, except for better looking. Because oh, yeah. if you go back and look at those shows now, there's so many like weird color pop changes and you know, it's just a little dirty and gritty back then. But dude, Jubilee still has the worst powers ever. <laughs> Jubilee looks her face is annoying to me in this cover. <laughs> I hate you, derp face. So this is part of the infinite comics. Uh Marvel's Infinite Comics are optimized for horizontal screen and swipe to turn page reading. So it's kind of optimized for the digital experience. Um, if you had listened to the Holocron console, I talk about my own digital experience in Darth Vader number one. Slight little blurb there. So I, I'm excited. I definitely want to pick in, pick up this up. I haven't literally read any other comics recently except like Star Wars and stuff. So it'll be kind of nice to pick up a uh, an actual like superhero book again. And what better way than, you know, uh, X-Men 92. And you don't even have to go anywhere to get it. <laughs> right and speaking of Star Wars, yes. What? Oh yes. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> what? How do, "What do you mean?" Speaking of Star Wars, but I forgot. <laughs> um, you said Darth Vader. You all should know this by now. Uh, Star Wars, the first Star Wars standalone film, is called Rogue mm-hmm. One. It'll be directed by Gareth Edwards. Uh, looks like uh, they also confirmed that Ryan Johnson is confirmed to uh, direct. Or seeming to write Star Wars Episode Eight, but uh, here's your big your three plot points. We have the name of the first Star alone Star Wars film, and it's directed by Godzilla and Monsters Helmer. Gareth Edwards is Rogue One coming out December sixteenth, twenty sixteen. As rumored, Felicity Jones is the first confirmed cast member. You may know her from the recent Oscar-nominated Theory of Everything. Um, and episode eight will come out May 26, 2017. So you see they're shifting back to May release dates, which is what star Wars has always been synonymous with, Mm -hmm. uh, Ryan Johnson of looper fame will write the script as well as direct it. So the newly announced release date is 40 years in a day after star Wars came out in 1977. So, um, it's weird because you hear rogue one and you speculate that it's going to involve rogue squadron and things like that. But what I've, um, what I've looked at, though, like the, I was listening to a Rebel Force Radio podcast, and they had an interview where they were talking about this. But a lot of the concept art that's been shown, it looks to be like you see a lot of like rebels in the um, the ground combat garb, like they had in uh, the Endor battle. Mm-hmm. So that makes me that looked more like it was like an inf- infantry base, you know, something like that. But I really, I, I'm I'm gonna it's Star Wars, so I'm gonna be happy with any anything because it's more Star Wars. So. Uh, somewhat related to there's been uh, the whole road to the force awakens. There's like 20 books across, you know, adult literature and young child, uh, young adult children's novels that are going to span the journey up into that. Like uh, notable, you've got some comics, like uh, I think one is called the journey to the force awakens. That's going to be like a prequel. There's something else that I think it's in a comic run. That's going to be like from the perspective of C3PO mm-hmm. in retelling like the story of episodes four through six, something like that. I think I've heard just like star Wars, everything. This is like, we, we talked about this on Holocron console as well, but like right now it's so perfect to be like a star Wars fan because like 
Rebels kind of blew me away with how much I loved that, especially how it, the finale ended. You've got these great comics coming out right now from Marvel. We've got Battlefront looming on the horizon, which I hope we get to see in action mm-hmm. at uh, Star Wars Celebration in Anaheim. If not, then definitely at E3. You've got Episode 7 coming. It's just like, mm, Star Wars, oh my god! Ah. <laughs> that's how I feel about it anyway. Yeah, that's what I do when I get up in the morning. <laughs> just randomly. I do that. I do that and I dance around. I like it. I'd believe it. Yeah. And that is, uh, that's the news according to us. And by us, I mean myself and Lucas because we are the premier source of your non... Your life. Your life and your non... This is the stuff you don't really need, but we're happy to feed it to you. None the, all the same. <laughs> <laughs> so on that note, Lucas, how about a little music in your life? I always could uh, use music in my life. Well, perfect. You've heard us talk about Shadowrun on the show before, so I thought today, why not play a little music from Shadowrun? So <laughs> this is coming from Shadowrun by Data East on 1993 on the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. Um, this, this track is called Reborn. Our remixer is Mark Andre Tremblay and Thunder Thuin. Uh, composer of the original song was Marshall Parker, and it's uh, sampled from the, the Morgue is the name of it. So, you know, Shadowrun is a great, 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 great RPG series that I highly suggest you look into. Maybe not the originals, but definitely check out uh, Shadowrun Returns or Shadowrun... Uh, Dragonfall, or soon you can check out uh, Hong Kong. So, again, this is Shadowrun Reborn, and uh, yeah, it's on Overclocked Remix. So, if you like this, check out Overclocked Remix at ocremix.org for many more remix by many, many other talented artists.
Let's go. Day one of rehab starts today. 28 to go. <laughs> What's with the jacket? I have an audition today. Nicole, you gotta eat quickly today, okay? We're in a hurry. Nicole's not hungry. Two bites. Left, right, left, right. Checking in. We got a problem here. I don't qualify for detox rehab. But if I get high and can produce dirty urine. So let's do it then. I will pay for it. It'll be my treat. Okay. I look like the Unabomber. You knock on the door and you ask for sprinkle. What up? Hey. And you give them the money and then you get out of there, all right? Hold out. What are you, a vending machine? You're a drug dealer. Three uptown, Holmes. I'll go with you. How does that sound? Hell yeah, that's cool. You better know that Spanish. Oh, he knows Spanish. I'm gonna whoop your ass. You could believe that. He looked half Puerto Rican. Puerto Rican? He's Jewish. Got good hair. Bunch of gypsies living here that don't wear shoes because it smell like feet. Oh my God. Somebody needs tough acting to acting. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Sharks in the city. Este nuevo hombre. Well, that was a beautiful piece of music, wasn't it? Let's uh, yes. move on to some music for our eyeballs and talk about Netflixation, shall we? Music for our eyeballs? I don't even know how that works. You don't need to know how it works. Just that it does. So this week's Netflixation was Why Stop Now? Don't stop me now. I'm having glad that you said that. Time. I'm having a good time. They okay. should have they <laughs> they should have renamed this this movie please stop now because <laughs> I, I think I know where you're going with this already. Didn't care for it. Jan Jason. It was an independent comedy that wasn't very funny, and Netflix described it as this. While preparing for an important audition, a piano prodigy must stash his coke-addled mother in rehab and enter into a partnership with her dealers. Which is funny, because when they say coke-addled mother, she doesn't seem to be very coke-addled at all, really. She just is weird. I don't know. Shall I get to my five-sentence synopsis <laughs> yeah. so we can break make, this piece of poop down? Make the pain end. I will do that. Number one, Eli Bloom has a piano audition in Boston that will determine whether he gets into a prestigious music program. Number two, on the day of the audition, Eli needs to manage his, manage his strange family. His uh, druggy mom, Penny, and his sock puppet dependent sister, Nicole, getting one into rehab and the other in, into school. Number three, 
However, Eli's mom has rejected rehab because she seems too normal, and it is suggested that she do some drugs so her urine comes back dirty and she can be treated. And she didn't have insurance. That was yeah, the other. She, yeah, she doesn't have insurance. Number four, together they visit her drug dealer, Sprinkles, and they all go on an adventure together to get more drugs. Number five, in the You'll end, it all works out. You'll never believe what happens next. Yeah. In the end, it all works out. Eli gets into the music program. He gets the girl, and his mom goes to rehab. This movie sucked. I <laughs> I won't lie. I ended up uh, reading some article on Facebook about uh-huh. uh, the alien. Oh, it was the old Disney ride, the alien experience, alien alien something that the ride that closed down. It was all about that. I, I kind of read that during the last half hour. Oh, God. I don't blame you. I was thinking about skipping it, and I was like, oh, I only have 15 minutes left. I was going to skip to the end. I still should have. I kind of regret not doing it. Oh, excuse me. Extra, extraterrestrial alien encounter where terror is capitalized. That's what it was called. Oh, I see. Well, I would rather have been on that ride than watching yeah. this. Did you notice that, like, basically the, the, the little sister was just in there as a plot point to serve as, like, plot motivation? She really had no other point being in there. Yeah. Because the character was just kind of, she well, she had very little screen time, but was just kind of thrown in a couple it scenes here like, and there. We have to go pick her up. Oh no! Everybody get in the car because you know drug dealers want to spend their entire time with one person who doesn't end up buying any drugs. Oh, uh, I guess <laughs> they did at the end, barely. <laughs> so, what did you like about this movie? Ugh, precious little. Uh, I thought Tracy Tracy Morgan was kind of funny, even though he seemed bored the whole time. It was kind of funny to see him be like. There, there's parts where, like, for instance, there's this ridiculous part that served no purpose when they couldn't get their car to start. Do you remember that? Oh, yes. And they're like him and his um, brother or business associate, at the very least, named Black. I think his name was actually Black for yeah, some reason. Yeah, they only reason. referred to him as Black. Um, they're both like, get the car started. Get this piece of junk started. Why can't you start the car? Come on, start the I'm car. Tracy Morgan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it, it was kind of funny to see him in that role, but only in the sense that I like him. He was basically just Tracy Jordan, but in the, <laughs> except for a little less crazy. He wasn't as crazy. But yeah, I don't know. There were a lot of weird scenes like that where they were they just had there there were seemingly improvised lines, I would imagine. That served no purpose whatsoever. So I don't know. Uh, so it was kind of amusing to me. And then I like, I like your technicals here. Yeah, it looked like a movie, so that's good. <laughs> uh, it wasn't necessarily bad. I mean, it wasn't really inspiring or anything like that. But it didn't look like it was shot, you know, on a phone or anything like that. So there, that that's a thing. Yeah, I um, like how like the movie starts off like you know how many movies do he arrives at the audition and he's like, Oh, you won't believe whatever, how it took me to get <laughs> yeah. here. And then it goes back and it re-shows you these events. So I'm, I would at least like the movie didn't end when it caught back up to the intro. At least there was more to it beyond that. Even though I wish there wasn't. <laughs> I was going to say that's not how <laughs> you know? I felt about it. <laughs> uh, it just, I, I, I tried whole- to think I looked, looked back at him like, did I, did I like this? Did I not? And yeah, I, I just did not. It, I mean, it's just not a, I don't know. I feel it like it didn't the, feel inspired. It was very just blah. 
Yeah, I feel like the story really is lacking too. I think that's what kind of hurts this. Well, I'm glad you bring that up because there's plenty I disliked about the story. Well, the story and aspects of the story, such as the acting. It was terribly overacted. And that was one of the things I think that fed into like the, the come on, start the car, get this piece of garbage started. What's going on? Like even the mom, Hmm. there were parts where she was just like saying things that just seemed ridiculous. Like no one told her to say it. She was just like, yeah, yeah. Start the car. Like she didn't do it there, but that's the only way I can think of um, explaining it. It, there were just parts that where she would talk and it just seemed stupid. Like, why are you doing that? You're they're playing characters and I don't care if the characters have characterization, but when you clearly see a person who's pretending to be, you know, a certain way, it just comes off as uh, not very genuine. Um, This one really struck out, um, uh, came out at me like right off the bat. The tone of the movie is really like weird because it's supposed to kind of be funny, I guess. But then at the same time, there's parts where like Tracy Morgan's character in um Black are talking about how they will kill they will like murder the Eli and his mom. Like they just suddenly get straight up like serious all of a sudden. And it just is very weird to go throughout the movie not hearing anyone swear or anything. And then you hear somebody say, "I will kick your motherfucking ass" or, or, or something like that. Like I don't mind the F word or anything, but when it just comes out of nowhere for no real reason, like he gets in the house, he gets in their house and they're just acting like normal everyday people. He doesn't even know (laughs) if he's in the right spot. Really? He's like, can I buy some drugs? And then all of a sudden they're like, I don't know. It just didn't seem well thought out for these characters and the tone. it, It makes the tone go from like kind of serious to kind of funny. Although I didn't laugh once in this entire movie. Um, it was just weird. Uh, if you watch it, you'll probably see what I'm talking about. Um, did you like how there was this? I mean, you got it. It's a it's a movie about a a young adult, so there has to be a party scene, right? So oh, yeah, at the very beginning there. Yeah, there's this. I didn't even know she was supposed to be a love interest, but there's this yeah. girl. At I didn't this know party. that he was supposed to be just out of high school because I didn't believe any of those characters were in high school. Everyone looked old. No, I thought he was just a losery like 24 year old or something he's at this party and he's getting way too drunk because i guess he doesn't know how to drink alcohol and there's a girl there that he seems to know but to me it almost felt like they were brother and sister or like friends they didn't see he didn't act like he was interested in her because he was always acting kind of a dick to her to her and she didn't really seem all that infatuated with him but yeah until later in the show he just shows up and starts talking to her again and they're like oh i didn't know that was gonna be where this was even had yeah been. he professes her, his love for her even though she he never even talks about her at all during out he never mentions her to hardly any other character so I don't know what, how I was supposed to know that sh- he was in love with her. So <clears throat> completely tacked on and stupid. Hated it. Um, why did they have to go with these particular drug dealers? 
I feel like somebody who's a who's coke addled, as they say in Netflix description, would have more than one drug dealer in case one is dry or didn't have any product, right? You would assume. Uh, yes. So why did they have to go with these two? Like, why couldn't they just go to a different? Oh, that's right. Because this story is very contrived and is written in such a way that everything, like you said, like the sister, well, he drops her off at school. So they have to go pick her up at some point. Or there's this girl that he's interested in, even though he never talks about how interested he is in her. It's just like, well, most movies have love for love interests. So we're going to add a love interest. Oh, it was just gotta have it. Yeah, it was not. But you are not out. like sand. Gosh. Um, and of of course, you know, I wasn't very surprised to see Jesse Eisenberg being pretty much what he normally <laughs> does. He literally was like the character from every movie I've ever seen him in. Basically, I don't think I I want somebody to recut every movie that he's ever been in. And treat him as one character to see if there's even any difference in the acting that he does. Like, Ooh, I smell a challenge. I, I, I am. I'm throwing down. I might even do it myself, but then I would have to actually watch all those movies. And that would be horrible. So, no. He happened to be in some decent ones, but that's. I think that's because he wasn't hmm. the main character. Maybe the only one I can think of that he wasn't like that would be The Social Network. Uh, he, hmm. he he was more of a dick in that and not like a, I don't know, like Michael Sarah type character where he's like, oh, I, I, I don't know what to do in any social situation because I'm a nerd. Um, And then on the technical side, I didn't really see anything too awful, but there were some weird moments where um, like one of them was when he's talking to his mom, she starts talking and then they never cut to her face during the entire line, which is kind of weird because I mean, if, if they say something short, that usually happens. Or if there's a reason to see the other characters reaction toward what's being said, then you wouldn't, there's no point in cutting quickly between the two. But in this one, it was just like, I would, was expecting a back and forth. So it makes me think that they must've went through and changed the dialogue or changed the line and had the actress record it separately off the, you know, in some sound booth somewhere or whatever. So when you see something like that, you're mm-hmm. just like, oh, that's kind of weird. So uh, is there anything that uh, you noticed that you you liked or did not like or anything that I, I, I missed? Uh, I like that, uh, that somebody finally ripped that damn sock puppet off his sister's hand. Oh, I know. He goes like he goes badass like crazy there at the end. Yeah, but, I mean, of of notable. No. <laughs> there's there, nothing there there is one thing that bugged me too actually now i think about it this, is, was, a, this is almost gonna be one of the movies i didn't watch to go to my list of netflix stations i didn't watch and now i'm like damn it why did i watch it <laughs> yeah no kidding you could have you could have been watching dodecapentathlon or something good as opposed to this um another thing that bugged me was that he was supposed he's supposed okay his character does not make me think that he would just randomly pop two pills that he finds in his mom's car that are unlabeled. And she's like, that's my Oxycontin or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is completely out of character for him to just randomly take drugs. And then even when he's on the drugs, he doesn't even 
He acts. Does he think that it was like painkiller or something for his hand or something like that? Yeah, yeah. He took it because he 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 was looking for painkillers for his hand. But he doesn't strike me as the person, the type of person to take a stupid risk like that. I guess, hmm. um, especially since it's coming from his mom, and he has no he he does not like what his mom does. He's obviously very fed up with her. So it just seems weird that he would just be like. Well, my mom did it, so it must be fine or whatever. But when he's on these drugs, I don't think the person who wrote this knows what it's like to be on like painkillers because he acted more like he was drunk. Like when he, sh- especially when he showed up to the the audition, he acted very flippant about the whole thing. When all he's been doing about uh, doing is worrying about the whole thing. So I don't know. It just made him seem weird. Like not, he didn't seem drugged. He seemed. Like an ass. I don't know. It was weird. <laughs> it's it's hard to describe, especially thinking back on it now. But um, it just didn't feel right. It just seemed weird. So the all important question was it entertaining and fun? And no. when I look, I, yeah, when I look back on like what you said, when I look back on it, no, it wasn't. I it was a chore to get through. It wasn't wasn't interesting. It was just boring. I. It wasn't I'd rather even, read articles than watch the movie, apparently. It, it had no life to it. It 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 just I don't know. It was not interesting to watch. It didn't capture my attention. And it wasn't even bad like I Frankenstein was bad. It just was uninspiring and it made me depressed. And mm. it made me think, why how how does somebody get something like this made? But Let's talk uh, numbers, shall we? Netflix's guess for me was a three, and uh, I gave it a 1.5. I was going to give it a two when I first watched it, and then I thought back on how horrible can you even it was. Give, can you give scores on Netflix in the, in the halves? No, no, you can't. See, that you pisses can, me off, because they can give you score. They'll give you, like, they gave me a three, three and three quarters was my yeah. suggested score, but I, I only can rate it in whole numbers. I don't like that. I, I round it to the nearest half, generally, when I give them on the show. Okay. Uh, so one and a half is what you gave. Yep. Yeah, I'm probably at a two. That's being generous. Okay. Yeah, there's not a lot of redeeming qualities here. There is nothing for me to look back and go, I want to watch that again because of blank, you know, whatever. Hmm. It's just, I don't know. I don't know. It was, it left a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah. It's. I. I wish I hated it. At least then I felt something towards it. I just. It was a waste of time. Even. Even the lowest rated movie that we watched last year, uh, which was Love. I hated oh, that movie. That At least movie. I felt something towards it. Right. I would have. Wa- I would rather watch that. That again than this because. That at least I can complain about in a way that I feel justified. This is just like. Blech. So let's get beyond all this, shall we? I, I've picked out some stinkers, and for that, you know, that comes with the territory. I apologize, but at the same time, you know, sometimes you have to shovel through the shit to find a diamond. I don't know if that even makes any sense. We're going to go with it. Sound good? Excellent. Yay! <laughs> um, so next, ne- next week's Netflixation is called The Heart Machine, a romantic psychological thriller 
you'll understand when I go to Netflix and put in the, the, the description because apparently I forgot to copy and paste it into the document. So that's good. Thank, thankfully, I have it right here. Uh, let's see. When Cody begins to suspect that the Berlin woman he's been dating long distance might live a lot closer to home, he sets out to uncover the truth. Is she a Nazi? I hope so. Scalper Nazis. Wait, do I hope so? I want my Nazi scalps. Ah! You went from a really bad Brad Pitt <laughs> impression to I don't even know. Drunk Palpatine? I don't. <laughs> oh, I'm afraid there will be no Brad Pitt impressions. Hey, Ugh. you may know John Gallagher Jr., who was in Short Term 12. How about that? How about that? Caitlin Sheel. That's two different word. That's two different names. Not Caitlin, but Caitlin Sheel from The Sacraments. I don't. I think she might have played the sister, possibly. And uh, she you're played next. Sarah. I think that was the sister. I don't know. No, no. She Who was, was that. Uh, she was the young girl, that like twenty-something-year-old girl they interviewed that was from, from Australia. Australia. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, the one you were like, why is she here? <laughs> yeah, because the sister was Amy Simetz. Simetz. Okay. Um. Now, this was written and directed by Zachary w- Wigan, Wigan, and Chief Wigan. <laughs> and uh, this is his first feature as well. He's directed a few shorts, and I know that that has led us down a, a dark and dangerous path. I'm looking at you. Um, why stop now? But, you know, <laughs> you got to hit a gem once in a while. I, I want to be there when one of these up and comers you know, hits with something great. Yeah. And I want to say, well, I, I, I liked him before he was popular. <laughs> hey, oh, I'm going to interrupt you here. Do it. Did, did you know that the chick that played the sister in the sacrament, Amy, whatever I said, her name, Winehouse, assignment. She was in upstream color. Um, I, I want to say that I mentioned that in the, in the, you might know, but I don't know if I did. So very interesting. Anyway, the it is, you know, after a while, when you start watching all these like Netflix movies that don't they're kind of like straight to DVD, but in this case, straight to stream, you start to see <laughs> right. that there's a lot of like connected actors who are kind of that like yeah. C-list, like that well, weird full streaming area. Here on, on Flex to Post. We are. We like to bring it back to the to the beginning. So Netflix's guess for me on, on the heart machine is 3.5 that's the heart machine i've picked some weird titles that are really difficult to remember the name of why stop now was hard for me to remember detachment was hard for me to remember so if i say it enough times like the heart machine maybe we'll remember so let's watch it together shall we for next week oh, i remember i remember seeing this one pop up when i was digging through i recognized that it's cover a, art. it's got a very pink cover art and it looks like john snow but it's not <laughs> it looks like it suggested for me a 2.75. Out of 5. So you're going to love it then. <laughs> I will yeah, say, basically. you were talking about the Netflix rating system. And the reason I, I rate them slightly different than what I rate on here. Like, if I gave this a 1.5 on here, I would actually give it a 1. And that's because 
like if you if you look at the star rating, like it's asking me, what do I what do I think for why stop now? They they put it in terms of hated it, didn't like it, liked it, really liked it and loved it. So let's say a better example, I guess, is if I gave something a four on here, I might have still loved it enough to say to put five stars on on Netflix. And that's just because mm, okay. knowing their their kind of weirdness as, as to how they rate it, like you were talking about. I want certain things to pop up more on my list. So I might get I might not think it's perfect, but I'm going to give it a five star because I did love it enough to to put it on there. So. So it's kind of weird how 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 I feel like their rating system is kind of weird. Like you said, you can't really give it a a numerical value. It's more like a feeling to hmm. me. But but anyway, that's neither here nor there. And my voice kind of cracked a little bit. So hi, you guys. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, boy. Maybe I'll well, hit puberty eventually. <laughs> maybe. Uh, let's uh, let's go to the grab bag, shall we? Uh, we didn't ask any questions, uh, so uh, we'll go to our questions of us. Yes. First up was on from the Flexipos website from yes. Michael. Uh, oh, no. What? No. You don't want me to ask it? Not from Michael. No, you can ask it. I just don't like Michael God. at all. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or his questions. If you could ask any question of the week, what would it be? Now, I've had time to study this question since I noticed it on the site, and I still don't know what this means. We put it in the flux-supposed Kilcometer, and it couldn't even spit out an answer. Like, does that mean if I could ask any question, like if I was going to ask the week a question? So if I could ask any question of the week and be like, <laughs> why do you suck this week? Why is Monday so hard? Or does it mean I have a question of the week? And I'm going to ask it, uh, why do you like to wear bold colored socks? I, I just, I don't understand, Mike. I don't understand. Lucas, care to comment? I think he's trying to be funny, and he failed miserably, as usual. He'll have some sarcastic explanation I bet, I to deliver his, to me I next bet, time I see him. I bet this is his commentary on why we didn't ask a question for last, last week. <laughs> is my guess. That's my guess. All right, all right. I'm going to go with it. Okay. Uh, since we don't have a good answer for you, Mike, we're moving along from uh, <laughs> to Twitter. And this is from Denny, a beer guy, at Loose Screw on Twitter. He is one of the hosts of the Tap the Craft podcast, Ooh. which I've, I've listened to a few times. Uh, being that you guys are in Founders Brewing Backyard, what yes. is your favorite beer of theirs? How often do you get to visit them? So let's start off here. <laughs> favorite beer from Founders. My all-time favorite is one that they don't brew anymore. It's called Bad Habit. It's phenomenal. It was actually the first beer of Founders I ever had. It is a Belgian quad, I believe. Um, about, I think I want to say 11, 11.2 ABV. Sounds about right. It's uh, uh, it's actually on the shelf. I don't know if you can see it in the video, but when we do the beer videos, yeah, I saw it on, the, on the beer shelf. I think one of us might sit in front of it. Um, but something that you could actually readily get. I did enjoy Doom a lot, but that doesn't they don't that's not really available either. Doom. I would say something that you can actually get uh, would either be Backwoods Bastard or Breakfast Stout. I've always loved the, the Breakfast Stout. So just the plain old Breakfast Stout too, not like not KBS or CBS. Straight up Breakfast Stout. Uh, I've always enjoyed that. I've always gotten like their breakfast out breakfast events. Those have always been fun. Uh, what about you, Luke? 
Oh, I think I think anyone who knows me knows my favorite um, Founders Brew because I pretty much exclusively buy this beer when I buy any beer, and that is uh, the um, Dirty Bastard. Wow, yeah, my that... my mind. You said backward bastard, and it like I went, yeah, that that's kind of like because they're kind of play off of each other, right? If I remember correctly. Yeah, the uh, Backwoods Bastard is Dirty Bastard um, fermented in a, uh, I think it's just in a bourbon. It's just in a bourbon barrel. Okay. Um, yeah, and those tend to be, I, I don't like to Aged, buy the, say. the four-pack really expensive ones. So yeah, for me, I usually what, do the... Backwoods comes in. Yeah, yeah and I, so Dirty Bastard for me, man, and the problem is that that is a very dark and heavy gut you know, wrenching beer, but it's so good. I love it. But uh, I try not to drink too many of them because, uh, you know. Yeah, it's kind of funny the, that he, he asked that because I'm actually uh, enjoying a delicious Founders All Day IPA as we oh, as we recorded the show. Nice. That's a good beer to drink when you're when you have to do something like this where you yeah. you don't you don't get persnickered by yeah, the time. It's, you know, it's got that IPA taste and it's only 4.7 ABV. So it tastes like grass, is what you're telling me. <laughs> Gosh, some people like pale beer. I think I will learn to love it eventually. I, I just, I'm not really a, a very bitter person in general anyway. I don't, I never really liked bitter tastes. Uh, I love hop. I could drink straight up hop juice. Yeah, uh, you have hop soda. Well, I guess it's not really yeah. juice, but you know what I mean. Um, So yeah, uh, and for me, how often do I visit them? Man, there was, there was a stretch of time where I, I just, Anytime I knew that we were going to meet at Founders for some reason, not just you and me, but like, you know, after after uh, film school, because it was in downtown kind of next to not not too far away from Founders Brewery. I was like, oh, God, it's always packed. You know, there's never anywhere to sit. Um, but since they've added on to their um, their bar area. It's been a lot better, and uh, I still don't go as often as I'd like, but I don't really go as often to to bars in general anyway. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'd say at least four times a year, probably, four or five. <laughs> oh, gosh. Let's see. I used to go weekly. <laughs> Way, <laughs> back in the day, I used to I was a Mug Club member there for like three years consecutively. Yeah, well, and that I would probably go, helps, too. Yeah, and I would go every Mug Club day, which was – I. Monday was always cheaper pint night, but I think Wednesday was mug club night. And I would always go on Wednesday because you know, you get a dollar off. I think I actually got $2 off maybe. So I'd always go and um, do that. And then once you know, I moved a little further away and then settled down. And here in the old suburbs, um, I guess I don't think Granville's technically a suburb. But anyway, settled down to where I'm at now. <laughs> you know, I just didn't, you know, it wasn't much in the repertoire. Um, so I probably now... Like you and I, probably the last time you went was when you and I went together, correct? Yeah, I believe so. So um, one of the guys I used to work with, he actually just started in a new job this week. He would get insider information on when Founders was having something special on tap. So we'd say, okay, you want to go? And we'd go and because my, where my office is, we can walk there. But it, it probably took us about 10 minutes to walk there. And here we go kind of power walk through all the parking lots and go to Founders and get in on something. So that's how I got finally tasted like KBS and had CBS and I had some other cool releases because of that. So um, last time I was there was uh, like two weeks ago. So I usually get there. I probably 
up until recently, recently it's been once a month, but before that there was a long stretch. I hadn't been there in like almost six months. So just because it is such a popular destination, um, especially yeah. if you try to get there on prime time, the parking isn't really that great with them doing an expansion again. And so it's yeah, just not the easiest too. place to get into. Um, and plus there's just so many other offerings now in Grand Rapids between just cool bars or brew pubs or, you know, just micro breweries. There's so many options. So yeah. I, I, I try to experience something new, but I still like founders will always have a special place for me because, um, like at their old building, that's where I used to go, um, meet with some friends and I used to, you know, do the whole mug club thing. And it was just, had a lot of good memories and good times from, from founders and, uh, at the, at the brewery and at home. So it's a, it's a legendary a uh, piece of nostalgia for me. So nice, I like it. If you're ever visiting the Grand Rapids area and you're from out of state, uh, you need to go to Founders. You need to experience it because it's delicious beer, and they have some kick-ass sandwiches as well. So yes, they're they're uh, you know they don't have a full like dinner menu, but the food that they do have there is freaking good. Yeah. Uh, let me see. I thought, oh, so, I mean, that's all we had there. Uh, I have a question for you guys. How about, oh. uh, what, uh, you know, it's St. Patrick's Day tomorrow, the 17th. So did you do anything crazy for St. Patrick's Day? Did you have any green bear or is it just another day now? You know, for, uh, those that must know, uh, Lucas and I have a little <laughs> mandate tomorrow. That's and, say, uh, you're taking me out to dinner. We're going to, I was at this, uh, a uh, little sh- uh, restaurant in Rockford, which is uh, it's a smaller town, probably about twenty minutes north of where we live in Grand Rapids, and um, they have this. They had this signs for the St. Patrick's for St. Patrick's Day four course beer dinner. I was like, oh sweet! And my wife, my wife's not any, like just isn't like that big of a drinker, and I don't know if I ever I've talked about it explicitly on the show, but just is a pescatarian, so she eats fish, but she doesn't eat any any red meat, so that's mm-hmm. kind of not going to be anything she can enjoy. And your wife doesn't drink a lot of beer, so that was gonna not really be up her alley either. So my, yeah, well, I, and the, I, especially for her, she's a very picky eater as yeah, well. Yeah, she's a picky eater. So my, well, I didn't have my phone, so Jess had texted you, "Hey, what do you think about <laughs> yeah. this?" And then I was like, invited, "What the hell?" <laughs> invited you to me? go. So for thirty five dollars, we're getting a, a four course Irish dinner. I can't remember everything that's on there, but then there's like four different beers to go with each. There's, there's plate a, as well. There's two O'Hara, is it O'Hara? I think beers. Um, I know there's haddock with with rice, which I've never had haddock, and I'm not a big fish eater anyway. There's a um, uh, what was the other one? There was. Yeah, I mean they're just Irish. It's Irish food, <laughs> and basically, I mean everything Irish, and it's going to be hopefully a good time. Yeah, I mean it'll be fun. I mean nothing else. So I'll be, I'm looking forward to drinking some some different beers now, and stuff. Are, are you going to wear green tomorrow? Because I don't know. I wore a green T-shirt today. I guess I should wear that tomorrow. Whoops. Way to go. Uh, let's see here. We have uh, sheep dip with oat cakes and yes. pea soup okay. shooters yep. with the Wexford cream ale. Uh, pan-seared haddock with a leek tarragon butter and Dunmurray rice with rogue Dunmurray. Irish pale ale. There's got to be some cabbage in here somewhere. I'm sh- There's no beef with cabbage, cabbage, which is good because I can't eat cabbage. Uh, Irish stout corned beef with kale colcannon accompanied by a dill pickle horseradish cream and stout mustard. 
with O'Hara's Irish Stout, and then Irish Apple Crumble Cake with the Whiskey Caramel Drizzle and Brown Sugared Blackberries. O'Hara's Irish Red. Oh, man. So that's what we're doing tomorrow. Thankfully, there's no blood sausage or anything like that. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what the Irish equivalent of, like, blood sausage is, but I do not want to eat it. Maybe we can have a flux date selfie. Ooh, I hope so. I'll wear my my (laughs) finest finery. So hopefully maybe you can top that with your St. Patrick's Day Tales of Legend. Aye, laddie. Oh, aye. Don't channel. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) And it's that time again. It's that time. The voices are coming out. A little bit of a shorter show, you know. Not the marathons that you've gotten used to, Ja. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, that is going to bring episode 55. Too close. <laughs> that hey. is uh, 55 episodes of Flexipose for your fancy. Um, you know, if you want to check out the show, you know, hit up the website. You have, find us on all sorts of social media, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, pretty active in either of those channels. So if you want to chat, do that. Uh, you may have heard us say, that, hey, we have a YouTube channel. So I implore you. To give that a little peruse, we have some uh, random gameplay, and our featured content would be the Battle of the Brew, but the Battle of the Beer, more importantly, uh, videos where, uh, well, you know, we, we got the audio on here on the show. You know how it does. Uh, you know, we pick two beers, drink them, score them, have a good time. So I invite you to check it out. Give us a comment. Subscribe if you are so inclined. And, you know, that's what we do here at Flux to Bows. So, We'll be back, uh, what, seven days from now doing another show about more fun things like video games and Star Wars and beer because mm-hmm. that's what's important to us. That's, that's right. what we care about. That's right. So just remember these parting words, this podcast, it's Fluxtapose. It's not the show you want, but it's the show you need. I'm Jason Lacey. He's Lucas Rose. Have a good week. We'll see you next time. Bada bing, bada boom! It's happening. What? What? What's what? What's up now? I don't really need to intro the show. We're just gonna come in with that. <laughs> bada bing, bada boom! You're listening to Flex Post Podcast. Welcome to Monday. You got but a little. It's... You got a little Italian there. <laughs> bada bing, bada boom! Forget about it. I'm making you a pizza. Forget uh-huh. about it. Google Gaga. I'm the baby. <laughs> Forget about it. What? That's Little right, Miss Muffet said on the Tuffet. <laughs> Hickory Dickory Dock. <laughs>